Welcome. This is my truth as a platform for honest, open conversations. The stories I share or that others share are often not spoken about or discussed, but once told, I believe they have the ability to shine a light on another perspective or a much needed conversation. These stories may make us laugh, some may make us cry, but together we will learn from one another and begin to heal. Because walls need to be torn down, masks need to come off, stories need to be heard in order for our truths to be told. This is my truth. Will you tell me yours? Hi everyone, welcome back. I'm your host, Jesse Sherleff. I'm really excited to share today a conversation that I had with Chelsea Riff. Chelsea is a former fellow Chicagoan, 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 I think that's the correct terminology. And it was just such a fun, authentic conversation. Chelsea shares a little bit about her truth, which is looking inward drives outward success. And in her journey, Chelsea talks about how she made a decision to leave her well-paying corporate job and do something that felt right for her, which for her was to move to Australia for a year and travel and explore and really commit to her podcast, which is awesome and called In My Non-Expert Opinion. And what I love about my conversation with Chelsea and what kept coming through my head um, when I was re-listening was... There have been so many times that I've had conversations with people or if I've even thought like maybe in another lifetime or wouldn't it be nice? And, you know, Chelsea acted on some of those thoughts. And so I think for anyone who has ever had the thought, well, maybe in another lifetime or wouldn't it be nice if or gosh, I would love to do that, then you need to listen to this conversation and listen to Chelsea's truth. I hope you enjoy. I would love to hear any insights or takeaways. Feel free to DM me at This Is My Truth Podcast on Instagram. Chat soon. Hi, Chelsea. I am so excited to have this conversation today. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I'm so excited to be on. Awesome. Well, I like to start all of these conversations with asking the question, what is the truth that you would like to share today? I think the truth that I want to share today is that doing the inner work pays off so much. Looking inward will give you all the answers that you need. Oh my gosh, I love that. Um, And very appropriate because the last week I have not been doing the inner work on myself and what I need to do to ground me. And I, you know, I'm a big fan of progress, not perfection. And so yesterday I, in the middle of the day, just stopped and did it. And what a difference it makes. So that's an awesome reminder. Thank you. Yeah, that's literally where even that answer came from doing the inner work this weekend. Because similar to you, this whole past week, I've just been focused on hustling and you know, working and just staying up late with client emails, just really not 
practicing any type of self-care. So Saturday, I was like, you know what, Chelsea, you need to be very intentional about your day, self-care, journal, meditate. And I ended up doing it and had all these breakthroughs that were almost like emotional. And I'm like, oh my God, I think my body was just like, wow, thank you finally for taking care of me. And all this stuff came to me. I was having creative downloads and I feel like I was unblocking all these things. And it's just from taking like 30 minutes to 60 minutes of looking inward. And yeah, that's where even that answer came from. That's amazing. So tell me a little bit, cause I know for myself, you know, one, even just becoming comfortable with you know, hearing my inner voice and, and listening to it again has been a journey. So what has that journey looked like for you? Oh, it's been a long one. I would say it definitely started around four years ago in 2016. I had a really bad year romantically. It was just like bad guy after bad guy after bad guy and just really heartbreaking scenarios. Like a guy go see me on my birthday, someone yelling at me, cussing me out in front of his friends at a bar. Um, another guy completely ghosting me and then wanting to come back, like just really, really annoying, bad relationships. And I remember thinking like, why is this happening to me? Like that was my victim mentality. You know, why is this happening to me? Why, why do I attract all these type of guys? What's going on? And on top of that, I was actually doing really well at work, but I felt really depressed. I was making six figures. I lived in a high rise in Chicago on the lake. I lived alone. So financially, on paper, everything looked really good. But again, this sense of self-worth I had was so low, like just feeling depressed and guilty and just not great at all. And so I remember thinking, I actually remember a specific moment where I was just walking down the street one day and I was bawling, crying, and I called my mom on the sidewalk. And this is like, I remember it so specifically. I know you're in Chicago. It was outside of like a potbelly sandwich shop right by the train stop, like in Lincoln Park. I'll never forget because it was crazy. It was like a hysterical moment where I just started crying. My mom's like, what is going on? Like nothing bad has happened to me. I don't have an, you know, overly traumatic past, nothing insane to, to really bring up the, the hysterics that was happening. And I remember thinking like, I have to change this. Like there's just no way life is supposed to be like this. So in 2016, I made the choice to go to a therapist. Maybe it was even in 2017. And that whole year I went for, I think once a week for the entire year. Um, There were definitely some weeks I skipped or I just couldn't go, but that whole year really taught me to look inward. And even though I don't go to a therapist anymore, it's something I would still love to do, but going to that therapist taught me about that inner voice and how to look inward and shift your perspective. And because of that, I really started digging into mindful practices like the journaling, the meditation, the movement, that's where I think my interest in all those other aspects came in. But it was definitely like that really dark period in 2016 that made me realize you have to fix this. Well, first of all, thank you for sharing. And there's so much in that story that I can relate to. While my story isn't exactly the same, I we talked about this um, when we first connected. But you know, I can so relate to this idea that on paper your life looks. I don't want to say perfect because no one's life is necessarily perfect, but for all intents and purposes, right. It, it looked like you ha- I, I had it all. And right. inside I was numb. I was unhappy. And similar to you, I had this moment um, 
that I can completely pinpoint where I finally was able to admit to myself and to my husband that I wasn't happy. And I am so grateful for that moment. And sometimes I think about like, gosh, like what if I hadn't been able to admit that I wasn't happy? Like what would my life look like now? Right. It's crazy to think like, I mean, it's usually a slow burn too. It's not like it was one day I felt bad and the next day I fixed it. It was like a slow, continual buildup of just, yeah, not happy, like being totally unfulfilled and unsatisfied. And yeah, it was crazy to think. I think that's what hit me when I started crying that day. I was like, if you don't change this, this is what it's going to be like every day. You're just constantly going to feel like this because I didn't have the tools necessary to change it. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know about my intuition. I didn't know to trust myself. And that was definitely something I had to enlist other people to help me with. I didn't have all the answers myself. Yeah. I am um, actually am just starting to see a new therapist um, within the last two weeks and I'm like excited to start again. Um, oh, I need to find an online one. That's something that I'm not used to yet because of all the COVID-19 stuff. I was like, oh, I'll wait till later. But I'm like, I think I'm just going to try to get one online. I think that, you know, it is, it's different. It definitely is different, but I'm, I am also used to working online a lot through my job. And so it's less different to me, but it's definitely good. Like it's, you still make that connection, which is nice. Love that. Um, awesome. Well, so again, thank you for sharing. And I'm, I'm sorry that you experienced that, but I'm grateful that you had that, that moment and, and were able to turn inward because I think it's at least, again, I can only speak for myself. It's been game changing. What, what does the rest of your journey look like? Yeah. So after 2016, in 2017, I ended up being in a relationship that wasn't that great. It was kind of average. It was honestly, I feel like just to fill a void from all the really, really horrible ones that had just happened to me. So it was, you know, it's like comparing something really bad to something worse. It wasn't anything better, but it was just a step up from what I had experienced. And through that relationship, um, I learned a lot about self-worth again, too, just confidence. And I remember during this time, I really started listening to a lot of podcasts. This is when like Serial was coming out and blowing up. Um, All these like true crime podcasts were coming out. And I was commuting all the time in Chicago and my boyfriend and I were actually long distance. So um, it's not like I had to make plans or anything to hang out with him after work. So I just remember when I was cooking, I was listening to podcasts. When I was on the train, listening to podcasts. And it was something to do and fill my time with when, you know, I wasn't talking to him or around him. And I remember thinking, wait, like, this seems really interesting. I'm learning so much because I was still coming off of the whole mentality of like, oh, you know, bad things just happen to me. I just attract bad people. That's just my life. And listening to all these different podcasts offered so many new perspectives that I had just never heard. And for free, I was like, wow, wait, I've been going to a therapist and all these podcasts are like an hour of therapy. This is amazing. (laughs) And I actually got my undergrad degree in broadcast journalism and then my master's in Loyola, Chicago, funny enough, in digital media and storytelling. And I always knew I wanted to create content and I had tried everything. I tried to do a beauty Instagram. I think I did like five posts, shut that down. I tried to start a blog. I think I did two posts, stopped. 
Um, I was thinking of a YouTube channel, like nothing was clicking. And then when podcasting came out and I became so entrenched in it, I was like, wait, this might be the medium that I've been looking for. I've always wanted to create content. I've always liked talking, which is why I liked the broadcast journalism degree that I had. But this was a whole different spin on it. It was like, wait, you can decide who you want to interview. You pick how your platform is run. You could do 10 minute shows. You could do two hour shows. You're not reporting to a higher up about who you have to have on. And everything just kind of aligned where I was like, I think I want to do this. So towards the end of that relationship in 2017, my ex actually bought me a microphone and he was like, I know you've been wanting to start one. I I think you should really try it. Like, I I think you, you always talk about it. And so I had that microphone and I sat on it for about a year. I waited a whole year to start a podcast after really heavily considering it. And then I had the whole perfectionism uh, paralysis takeover where I was like, well, if I want to start one, I have to have the best microphone on the planet. I'm going to hire the best team on the planet. I'm going to, you know, as if I'm going to hire people from like NPR or something, I'm going to have, you know, a marketing team, a PR, a publicist. Like I acted as if I was launching a whole publishing company or something. And so I just stopped myself a lot. And then finally one, like I just had this creative download one day and anyone that started a passion project, I feel like can relate to this, where it's just this like surge of energy through your body, like a lightning bolt, where you're like, I have to start now. Like I cannot even take myself talking about not starting anymore. And so I just bought a different mic, actually. I bought a nicer one that I definitely didn't, way too nice. I didn't even know how to use it. (laughs) And then I just had all these different topics I wanted to talk to people about. It was really focused on health and wellness to start out. And then I started podcasting. So this was yeah, late 2017, I finally started. It started out as a podcast called Oh My Pod. It was supposed to be a fun spin on, oh my God, like I didn't know that. When people listened, I wanted them to hear something and be like, oh my God, I didn't know that that was a fact or that that existed. But also just a little corner of the internet, like, oh, my pod, it's just my little pod. Um, So it was named that for about a year, maybe if not longer. And then I wanted to take it a step up. I actually started booking really big guests. So I was like, wait, you need a website. You need to start thinking about marketing materials. And I went to go claim the different handles. Like I wanted all of them on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, et cetera. And there was actually another Oh My Pod, which hot tip for anyone starting a company, like look that up the first thing when you name it. (laughs) I actually remember looking it up, but I thought they weren't that big. I I honestly like did not pay attention. I was really impulsive when I started this podcast. Like I said, it was a surge of energy that I think I got everything setting and run up in like a week. So the whole naming thing just kind of was on the back burner. So I ended up changing the name actually last March to In My Non-Expert Opinion. And now I named it that because the podcast has shifted a lot to lifestyle, manifestation, travel, and entrepreneurship. So it's a lot of my own personal experiences and opinions that I'm sharing. But then I also mix it in with a lot of expert opinions. So it's like, well, wait, I'm not an expert, but I do have a lot of experts on. And then I also have my own opinions. Why don't we just swirl this all into in my non-expert opinion, just like when people tell you advice and they're like, well, in my expert opinion... It's just a play on words. So yeah, the podcast has been going now for three years and it really was a, a product of that whole time of doing a lot of self-care and inner work, listening to other podcasts, realizing like, yeah, this is the medium finally that I can be on. I think that's, that's awesome. And I also was similar to you in starting the podcast. I just was like, 
okay, I'm going to do this. And then I just did it in a week. And there was so much of that perfectionism. You know, I, mm-hmm. I want to get it right. I'm in sales and marketing. I know how important that is, but I just had to sort of surrender a little bit and, and recognize um, and I think you're you're good proof of that, right? Like you started and then you're like, wait, this is morphing into something else and I can change with it and pivot. Um, and I think that that's awesome. It's a, not even a, a life lesson in entrepreneurship, but just life in general. Yeah. And it applies to everything else. Like the whole thing of launch and adjust, I'm doing that right now with another company and it just took me getting it off the ground and I've already changed it four different times in the last three weeks but I wouldn't know had I never launched it. Like even with the podcast, I wouldn't know who I want, would want to interview if I didn't start interviewing. I wouldn't even know if I liked interviewing if I didn't start interviewing because I could have taken a lot of different formats too. I could have done 20 minute solo episodes. I could have done a live video podcast. And so, yeah, it's like, you really will not know what to do unless you launch it. So that's definitely, like you said, it's not just for entrepreneurship or business. It's anything like just do it and then adjust. Awesome. Um, I want to, so you mentioned that you were in Chicago and I know we connected over that, but tell us a little bit about you're not there right now. What has that journey looked like for you? Yeah. So I moved to Chicago to go to grad school for that program, digital media and storytelling, which is an awesome program. If anyone wants to check it out. Um, it was all about content creation and analytics and all that fun stuff. It didn't even feel like school. And so because of that job at the school's career fair, I landed a job with a company that focused on influencer and content marketing. So the whole time I was working in my basically all my 20s, I was working in sales for influencer and content marketing. And it was an amazing job. I loved the culture. I loved the people. It was really fun. I mean, we were on social media all day. It was a really hot industry. It was something that, you know, every marketer was starting to buy. And so the sales weren't that hard. So I hit a lot of success really early on. And I call this now, I heard it on another podcast, astronaut syndrome, where you basically an astronaut goes to the moon and then they come back home and they're like, wait, I literally just left earth and saw the moon. Like now what do I do? That was the craziest thing I've ever done. And that's kind of what happened to me with my career where I was like, I think I hit all the steps that you work for that, you know, you hear when you're younger of put in all the work and then you get to go on trips and then you get rewarded and you get bigger accounts and promotions. And and that was all happening to me. Like every month I was I was 24 and 25 going to client meetings in New York, Dallas, San Francisco, LA. I was making President's Club. I was making six figures by the time I was 25 or 26. And like I said, it felt like I had gone to the moon. I was like, wait, I thought I was supposed to be in this field for like 40 years before I saw these types of benefits. And I actually even wanted a trip to Hawaii and brought my family. And they were like, this is weird. Like, you know, when we pictured you being successful, we thought this would happen when you were like in your thirties, maybe even forties, you know, you would be able to reward us back, but it's very weird to see your 24 or 25 year old daughter being able to take you on a trip like that. And I absolutely loved being able to do that. But because of that, it almost felt like there was nowhere to go but downhill from there, even though that's a silly thought I could have just, you know, kept up leveling, but it was like in my mind, I was like, I feel like I hit the peak of that. So I worked there until last year 
And I really just started looking at what I was doing and realizing I'm selling content creators. And I just told you, I went to school to create content. So it was like, wait, why am I not on the other side of this business model? Like I should be one of these content creators. I literally was trained in this. I loved doing it. It was like a playground for me. And here I am on the opposite side doing really technical businessy type of things that I, again, I was good at, but I didn't feel fulfilled. So I was like, you know what? I kind of want to reset and find my creative flow again, because I definitely lost it when you are in that masculine energy of in sales, negotiating, closing, pitching, I totally lost the creative side that I used to have. And I have always been creative. I remember growing up my whole life, people have told me you're so creative. And I feel like that was just so squashed in my corporate American job. So last year I was like, well, how can I get back to this? And the podcast was offering a lot of creativity, but I wanted to just kind of like get inspiration again. And I've always loved traveling. So I was like, you know what? I think it's time to go on a little eat, pray, love journey. So I was looking into really look uh, England, moving to England. The reason I picked that that specific place was because obviously they speak English. So I thought I could just pick it up um, and move over there really easily and transition really easily. But then because it's so close to everything, I was like, I can do a trip every weekend. I can go to Portugal, then Spain, then Italy, like totally in the bag. And as soon as I started applying for visas and jobs, it just slowly became apparent to me that this was not going to work out because it's so hard to get a visa there. Um, it's definitely possible. I'm not tr saying it's impossible. I'm sure people listening are like, oh, I've heard people get it. It was just a lot of work. And I started realizing how much paperwork I would have to do and hire a lawyer for like $10,000. And I was like, yeah, maybe not England. Maybe let me pick another country. And my friend caught wind of this who was in Australia. And she's like, I really think you should consider Australia. And I was like, no, I don't know anyone there. It's the outback. Everyone's a surfer. Like what's over there? It's just totally a deserted land. I didn't know anything about Australia. I knew from, I knew like the movies, <laughs> like it's, it's water. I knew, but everything I knew about Australia was from like finding Nemo. And I was like, I don't really want to go there. It's just so far away. And then uh, I was telling a friend about the visa who I just went on a vacation on with the, the summer prior. And he was like, wait, I'm so confused. Why wouldn't you go? It's, it's this visa that is made for working and traveling. It's literally called the working holiday visa. And I was telling him about it. And all of a sudden he ended up applying and going before I did. He's like, yeah, I'm moving in three months. I was like, wait, wait, what? We were just having a casual conversation. And he's like, yeah, it seems too good to pass up. I don't really know why you're so on the fence about it. So he ended up coming again, like three months after we had that conversation. And then I started realizing, okay, you know what? It's a year long visa. There is nothing that says you have to stay the year. I could go for 30 days and hate it and come right back. I could go for three months and hate it and come back. So I was like, you know what? Let's just give this a shot. So in August, 2018, I got my visa. And by the way, once you submit the application, it takes five minutes to get approved. I thought there was a glitch in the system. Oh it God. came that quickly. Yeah, it was like, a, it was granted in, I think literally a five minute mark. So got my visa and I was ready to move. And I realized I needed to save a bit more money. So while I was deciding, okay, let me stay a few more months and save some money. Of course, friends, friend events keep happening. Like someone's getting married, then someone's having a baby, then someone's bachelorette is coming up. And so I kept pushing back my flight. So I actually pushed my flight back 
I think five times, which was, by the way, not cheap. Not all these <laughs> changes were free. <laughs> Usually they charge you. Um, and then I just decided, well, why don't you wait until the last possible second that you can go, which is a year from when you get it. So I got it in August, 2018 and I didn't leave until August, 2019. So I waited a whole year to save up. And then finally, August, 2019 took the leap. I left my job and I came to Australia. So I've been here now for the last nine months. That is amazing. So there's a few things that you said that I, I want to call out. So um, you said uh, when you're talking about your job and you're good at it, but it wasn't fulfilling you. I think that is like, needs to be underlined a million yeah. times. Um, I think that is so, like I can relate to that so much. Um, and I suspect many, many people can. And I think that when I think about how I was raised, which was in a very loving family, but you know, what was modeled for me was my dad, um, only has this associate's degree, but was able to, you know, work at the company that he was at for 30 plus years and end up in management. And, you know, it was just this idea. My mom is a special education teacher and is always, um, you know, to similar where it's like, you know, that was just, you, you did your job, whether you liked it or not. And you did it for a long time which was very yeah. different than like, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm on like the cusp of being a millennial, I guess or not, but I've been at my company for 13 years and people are always like, that's crazy. Um, and part of it is I, I love, I love my company. I love what the company does in the world. But um, I do think if I'm honest with myself, that it doesn't, even though I'm very good at my job, it doesn't mean that I'm fulfilled by it in in all aspects of my life. And I think going back to how we started this conversation, I don't think if I had done some of the inner work that I would be able to admit that. Absolutely. I think it's something almost everyone experiences because I think we're taught from a very early age that, yeah, you work at something hard enough, you'll get rewarded, and then you should just be happy and, you know, be quiet. Like that's what we're told is, if you're making money and you're good at your job and you're getting praised, why would you leave? And I had a lot of guilt around that. I think um, even more so than just, you know, friends events popping up, I had a lot of guilt around leaving because I was like, what am I doing here? I, I have a great team, great culture, great boss. I get paid well. I have flexibility. I have great accounts. Like there was really nothing fundamentally wrong with my job at all. Like I, there's people there that still have worked there for 10 plus years. Like you said, there's a lot of people with tenure there. And I don't know, there was just something in me that, yeah, it came with doing the inner work. And it actually, now that we're talking about this, came from one of the therapist appointments when she just point blank asked me, are you happy? And I like could not answer. You would think I would be like, yeah, of course, you know, I have this beautiful apartment and I'm making money and my family's okay. Like nothing to complain about. And I could not answer. And she was like, I'm, I'm truly just asking like, are you happy? And I was like, no. And I started crying again, lots of crying happening in therapy. <laughs> and, um, and then she was like, well, you know, I think what's happening is you're not feeling aligned. And at that point, I didn't even really know what that meant. Like, I feel like because I've done so much inner work now, that's something I'm realizing is there's a lot of language in the self-care space that does not resonate with people. Like, for example, feeling aligned and 
holding space and limiting beliefs. Like, I'm like, what does all this stuff mean? And so I had to talk about this to my therapist and she's like, there's a difference between being successful and fulfilled and you're not feeling fulfilled. And so then she's like, well, what is something you like to do? And I said, I really love my podcast. I love the energy it gives me. And she's like, oh, okay. So you're making money from that. And I was like, oh no, I don't make a dime. I do it every week. And she's like, well, how long do you put into it? I was like, quite a bit of time. I have to interview for an hour. I have to edit for an hour or two. I make social media graphics. I'm probably spending three to four hours a week on it. And she's like, and to confirm you're not getting paid. And I was like, no, I, I do this for fun. And I just started lighting up. And that's when she, she even noticed, she goes, did you just notice a huge shift in your energy? Like you are lighting up when you talk about podcasting, you are a brighter person, your facial expressions change. When you talk about your job, you don't speak it with it with that same enthusiasm. And that's when I realized what she was getting onto. Like, I really need to follow my gut here and go after what I intended to do when I got that degree was create content and really make an impact with my voice versus being on the other side of, you know, the sales and marketing aspect side of things. But it was a lot of, uh, like I said, a lot of guilt that I dealt with because it's like, why are you throwing this away? What are you doing? Is this just a phase? Why would you leave something so comfy? And it's definitely from growing up in a society. I feel like that just teaches us that. A hundred percent. I think that, you know, when I, when I tell people that I've started the podcast or I sort of made this leap of faith and, and corrected, I'm still ha- at my company. I'm, I'm sort of doing what you did with, with both at the same time, but, um, or even just being more vocal about my story. Right. And I think that what's interesting to me is the reactions from people and it's, it ranges, right. You have people who are like, Oh my gosh, you're so brave. Or like, I could never do that, but that's amazing. Or, um, the flip side is, you know, I think that when people see someone kind of stepping into their power or becoming more aligned, it's scary for the other people. Um, yes. And I'm curious, you know, what was your experience when you made this decision and you started telling people? Oh, that is a good question because I always say with that whole year that I waited to go and save money, it was also a whole year that I collected of other people's opinions. Mm-hmm. So that started to weigh really heavily on me because as much inner work as I did, it is hard not to care what other people think because these people are usually friends and family that support you. I will say my my family was super supportive. It was more of like a, oh, okay, cool. I guess you can do that, have fun. They were just worried about the financials of it. Like, you know, any parent, okay, well, wait, is she gonna go over there and have money? And is she gonna be sleeping on the streets? Like just helicopter mom, you know, <laughs> out. but she was fine with it. She's like, yeah, I know you wanted to do something like really big for yourself and that's go ahead and do that. So I was really lucky in that I had a lot of family support. It was when I started telling friends that were so used to seeing me as a successful woman in my career that it was very confusing for them to put two and two together. They were like, I'm so confused. So why are you leaving? Like, are you following a boy? Are you going to find a husband? Are you transferring with your company out there? Like, these are things that I heard multiple times. The boy thing was a big one. I had multiple parents ask me about like, oh my gosh, so you met a boy and you're going to move out there. I was like, what do you guys think that I would tell you if I was going out there for a guy? Like, you would see him, you would know him, you would have met him. Like, I don't, I wouldn't have kept this some secret love affair, but you know, people love to 
that's like what we see in the movies. You quit your job, you buy a ticket, you follow the boy. But I was like, no, I'm just going to have a creative fun year and like reset and this visa is really easy to get. So why wouldn't I? It's built for working and traveling. And people could not wrap their head around that concept. So there always was something like, okay, well, this must be a phase. I remember my friend even told me, she said, yeah, I told my mom what you were doing. And she asked if you were going for a boy. And I told her, no, she's just going for fun. And her mom thought I was lying and said, I think she's actually going for a boy. She just doesn't want to tell anyone. And I was like, what is going on here? And I was like, that actually was a huge lesson in realizing like people really don't think that that women want to go out and do something for themselves if it doesn't involve a guy on the other side. And that I think was actually the most hurtful opinion because I was like, I don't care if you think I'm going through a phase or anything else, but to think that I'm going to find a husband, that was actually something that someone said is insane. And I realized like, that's a lot of conditioning too, that we have is, yeah, you need a man to be successful. You need someone to save you. Oh, you're not happy at work. You're going to go find a boy. And I was like, that's not it at all. If anything, I'm quite the opposite. Like if I go there, I'm trying to meet 20 boys, not one boy. <laughs> so <laughs> I, um, I was just so funny to hear all those opinions and they didn't weigh on me a lot at first. Cause I was so, it's so exciting when you, you know, you make that internal decision, yeah. especially to move to somewhere like Australia it's, it was like, oh my God, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. It was towards the end when I had pushed my flight back so many times, that's when it started to really weigh on me because I also started surprisingly doing really well at work. That was actually something that happened when I got my visa. I wasn't doing that well at work. So it was kind of like, okay, well, perfect time to leave. It doesn't really matter. Towards the end of my visa, I was doing extremely well, like booking six-figure contracts with Fortune 100 companies like really getting awesome clients that I felt like I had worked my whole career for. And that was really hard too, was what are you, again, what are you doing? You got the dream. Here you are. Everything's looking good on paper. Why would you leave this behind? And it wasn't until I took a step back and looked at the bigger picture, like, okay, yeah, you can stay here and keep doing this and keep, you know, booking clients and contracts like you've been doing, or you can give this a try. And guess what? If not, you can come back. So it was really important to me to not burn any bridges when I left, which is why, you know, all these people that had opinions, I was like, all right, yeah, that's your opinion. If that's what you want to think, it's, it's not my problem, but I will say it did bother me and it did become um, definitely harder to make the leap towards the end because I did want approval. You know, I wanted everyone to be like, girl, go do your thing, have fun, live your life. But there were a lot of question marks around it that definitely weighed on me. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. And I cannot wait for my girls to be old enough many, many years to listen to this episode though, because or this conversation, because I think what you're saying is so important and there's so much that we could unpack um, mm-hmm. and, and we could spend hours on this, but I think it is amazing that you, you know, well, first of all, I'm sorry that you experienced that. Um, and I think that we live in a, my personal opinion is that we live in a time where people feel it is appropriate to give opinions on everything. And whether that's right or wrong, I think it takes a really strong person to be able to take those opinions and still say like, thank you. I'm comfortable with my decision. And um, it's amazing that you did that. Well, thank you. I think I, that again goes back to a lot of the inner work I did. I was journaling about it, meditating about it, a lot of phone calls with my mom. These weren't things that I just dealt with on my own. But I will say 
a trick that I always like to tell people when I do podcasts is I look at my life like a movie and I always think, let's imagine this movie part played out the other way. So I get the visa, I get to go to Australia, I'm ready to go, I'm saving my money, you know, I'm looking at apartments in Bondi Beach. And then all of a sudden, you know, coworkers and friends and roommates start giving their opinions and family members start weighing in. And then all of a sudden I just decide to cancel my visa, not go, and then stay in the same job until I work and retire and die. <laughs> I was like, that doesn't seem like a fun movie. <laughs> I would rather watch the movie where you got the visa, you said yes, you didn't let anyone's opinions weigh on you. And you were like, wow, yes, she took that opportunity. And that's a little, I feel like mind trick that I use now is like, if my life flashes like my in front of my eyes, like a movie, like they always say when you pass away, what do I want that movie to look like? Because that has helped me get through those hard times because otherwise I, I think I would have just stayed in that job and called it a day. I love that. Something that I always remind others and I have a harder time reminding it myself, but I'm trying to get better at that is um, nothing is permanent, right? And so yes. I think that's so important. I think again, I can only speak for myself. I get into my head sometimes and I play out, you know, what the next 10, 15, 20 years can look like. And the reality is, is it doesn't have to be permanent, right? You can make a decision, you can pivot, you can reevaluate. And I think that if you're able to acknowledge that, it makes bigger decisions a lot more palatable to swallow. Yes. That's so funny you said that because I actually did a whole post in January on my Instagram about how my whole mantra is everything is temporary because that's what got me through hard times in Australia too because just because by the way just because you're in Australia and you move abroad doesn't mean you don't have problems if anything they're magnified times 10 because you anything you didn't deal with back home now you don't have the distractions of back home to distract you you pretty much have to face them head on and so I remember I was going through a really rough time at one point here and I just had to remember like this will pass. This is temporary. And same thing with moving. I was like, if I, again, if I go for 30, 60, 90 days, I can move back. If I want to go back to another job similar to the one I had, I can go back. There's no guidebook or rule book or police that are going to come arrest me for not following the life plan that other people had. So definitely that was a mantra that I carried a lot through this whole year. And, and even now is everything is temporary. I love that. Well, Chelsea, thank you so much for this conversation. How can people continue to follow you on your journey? They can follow me at non-expert opinion pod. That's the Instagram handle for my podcast. My personal one is at Chelsea Wright. And then my uh, yoga brand, which I just started during all this coronavirus stuff is yoga girl next door. And I'm teaching online classes uh, around yoga and meditation. So you can take a peek at that too. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. So think about it. Think about what is holding you back. What is preventing you from speaking your truth? And then think about what environment would it look like for you to be comfortable sharing? Maybe it's a private community. Maybe it's one-on-one -on -one conversations. Maybe it's Zoom calls with like-minded people who've shared similar experiences. Maybe it's none of those things and it's something I haven't even thought about. 
but I want to hear from you. You can leave me a audio message. You can send me an email or you can, um, direct message DM. What does DM stand for on Instagram? I have no idea. You can DM me on Instagram. I'm going to go with direct message at Jesse Sherleff. And that's J-E-S-S-I-S-H-U-R-A-L-E-F-F. Or you can reach out to me on my website and that comes straight to me at www.jessysherleff.com. Again, that's www.jessysherleff.com. I really want to understand what is preventing you from sharing because I believe truly in the core of me that we all have stories that we want to share, but we just don't know how to, or we're just not comfortable yet. And all of that is totally okay, but take it from someone who's spent years letting those stories fester and, and just burn a hole and frankly, it like what they say about volcanic explosions, I would just let stuff, I would let stuff sit and not take care of it. And then it would explode. And the argument that I was having with Greg would have nothing to do with actually what I was like frustrated about. And it, it impacted me. It impacted me personally. It impacted me as a mom. It impacted me as a wife and a friend. And so I don't want that to happen to you. And so I would love to hear what is holding you back and what would make you feel comfortable sharing. Have a good day, friends.